Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get back to work. Apparently, we've picked up a strange signal on our sensors. Quite all right, Admiral. And what did your sensors show? Well, nothing at first, but the long-range sensors revealed... Whoa, 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 whoa. I am sorry. Are you trying to say the word sensors? Because to me, you're saying sensors. What is that? Look, that's how it's said. Sensors. Everyone knows that. Sensors. Sensors. Yes, that's right. It sounds right to me. Me too. I say it like that. What? No, you don't. This is nuts. Yo, she's making fun of you, dummy. She doesn't say sensors. (laughs) Of course I do. Stop it. Is this how your crew treats authority? When it's known I mispronounce things? Are you really making fun of me? Admiral, no. I thought we came to an understanding. Uh, Maybe you need to adjust your sensors. Would you just stop? I have never been shown such disrespect. Is she yawning? everyone, welcome to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson, and with me is my co-host, Mike. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Now, hi, Johnson. Lulz, How are you? Lulz. Lulz. Oh, that's such a bad joke. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm a little bloated right now, actually. I just had uh, had a late lunch, but um, you know my GI tract is kind of handling it. But you know, otherwise, right. I'm fine. <laughs> um, that might have been a little yeah. too much information too much for, information our, for listeners. our listeners. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I'm all about sharing what's going on with my body at all. There times. you go. So, there you go. Um, how's your day been so far? It's been good. I uh, yeah, I got up and ran uh, at seven thirty this morning. Oh, look at you, so productive. Wait, yeah. what? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. To what end? Why so early? Uh, well, I mean, I was awake al- on and off throughout the night because my body Bad was... dreams. No, my body was screaming at me because I did this hit workout with ton- with Tony and the gang last oh. night. Do you have abs yet? Uh, no, I do not have abs yet. No. Oh, okay. Wait, um, I can't believe you went to uh, that uh, workout went, that Tony did. Uh, organizes. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it was tough. It was um, it was an hour long hit workout and uh, okay. I I'm still sore as we record oh, wow. right now, uh, but yes, I I took a couple of Tylenol before I went to bed and okay. I woke up like four hours later and I my whole up, upper half of my body was like screaming at me. Like, <laughs> Your body is like, you, what is this exertion? What is this uh, exercise that you have done to me? Um, so yeah, so I was. I was awake and I just decided I needed to get a run in first thing to start the day off. And um, so I did. And cool. it was um, it was fine. I mean, it was, uh, you know, sprinkling a little bit. I got got it before. I don't think it's really rained today, like since this morning, like it was early kind of morning. overcast. Yeah. I mean, when I was so after I, I did a little work this morning and then I walked to Chelsea to have lunch mm-hmm. and um it was sprinkling a little bit, but at no time. I mean, I used the umbrella because it was sprinkling pretty consistently, but not like rainy. It was enough where, I, you know, I was getting wet, but not fascinating. So. I know. This anyway, is like a lot of information about the weather. 
This is a lot of weather reports (laughs) (laughs) brought to you by Star Trek. (laughs) So anyway, yes, Uh, but it's super muggy out. I haven't been I haven't been outside today, so it's like I, I can neither confirm nor deny. No, my I I came back from lunch and I took another shower because I was sweaty from just walking. Mm. Um, so yes, but I've had, so I've had a busy day, and here we are podcasting, and uh, here we are yet again, yet again, um, and we are excited to talk about more Star Trek. I mean, the of funny thing. The funny thing is, and we have to be, I think we have to be better about this, is that we talk offline an awful lot about Star Trek. I know. And then it's like, wait, what do we talk about? I don't remember. Wait, what do we actually record versus what would we talk about over text or Slack or in person? Exactly. I think that that's the funny part is that we can't keep track of what we talk about offline versus online. So we need to figure out a better way to do that. So that our dear listeners are not hearing us repeat things <laughs> that we've already talked about. Uh, but anyway, um, so we'll we figured one day we will, and we we I think we figured out what we haven't talked about online on 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 camera on mic on mic sure on mic. So anyway, anyway. So yeah, why don't we get into what we Star Trek this week? So Mike, why don't you go first? What did you Star Trek this week? Well, I'm continuing my Voyager watch. Your Voyager Renaissance. Yeah. Um, So I think last time we recorded, I talked a little bit about Year of Health. And um, supposedly, (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure, 99% sure that we talked about Year of Health. Hopefully we did, yes. so now we're, you know, I skipped ahead a little bit and actually went to Message in a Bottle, um, which is actually one of my favorite Voyager episodes, mainly which for one, the... Which one was that? Can you remind me? I will. So uh, Voyager stumbles upon this network and they this network shows them that there's a starship in the Alpha Quadrant within range of... This this is, network. is it network Herogen or what is it? It is. It's the Hero- well. Yes, so I remember something. It is. So I and here's my theory, and I don't know. It's the Herogen use it, but I think that it's been around a lot longer than the Herogen have been. I think they kind of co-opted it as their network and took ownership of it. I don't know that they created it because I don't think they've been that far into. Obviously, they haven't been that far into the Alpha Quadrant, so I don't understand. So I think this is an alien thing that they've kind of taken on as their own. But anyway, so the doctor, so in order to reach the ship and tell them, you know, that they're alive, Mm -hmm. um, they send the doctor through the network and he arrives on the starship Prometheus. Oh, and this is when he like interacts with the other EMH. Yeah. That's a kind of like skittery. Yes. Uh, A little nervous. I yeah, feel. Andy Andy call. Dick plays the um, the EMH Mark II, and uh, so it's a you know it was an enjoyable episode. I, obviously, I love uh, Starship porn, um, mm. so obviously we get to see a new ship, new ship design, which we don't often get to see, and um, yeah, we get to see some Romulans, uh, and it was just a really enjoyable episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, so, and it's I love also, the Doctor episodes. Actually, they're usually pretty good. Yeah, I think he, you know, and we've talked before about this. He's kind of one of those characters in Voyager that actually got quite a bit of development. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was enjoyable. Just enjoyable, even though I don't really like Andy Dick as a 
as a person as a human being as a human i was gonna say that um you know i he's a little crap too crass for me and uh, kind of out there and like really out there i think um he did play this character really well uh and does kind of show the you know it's de- definitive of like how the emh mark one has evolved beyond um emh mark two or you know or its original concept and the emh mark two is much more skittery and kind of by the book and um which is interesting so um, well the emh mark two was i think it was almost julian bashir if you recall i don't know if you remember that episode i don't know so on ds9 so this do you remember the episode where um basically they out julian as being genetically modified that was the episode because Essentially, Robert, Z- Robert Zimmerman, Dr. Zimmerman, Robert Picardo, whatever. Dr. Zimmerman comes to DS9 to do a profile on Julian Bashir because they're doing like another version of the EMH. And then as part of it, Dr. Zimmerman kind of goes into you know, his whole psychological profile. He interviews like people he knows, but then that turns out to he also interviews Julian's parents, and then that's where all his background about being genetically modified comes in. So he was Got almost it. the EMH Mark II. Oh, that would have been actually really interesting to have him be on. Yeah, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Um, so watch that, and then I continued on with Hunter and Prey, which is our Herogen episodes, and then uh, on to what we texted a little bit about, which was Retrospect. Um, which is kind of the controversial episode about mm-hmm. memory and trauma. And I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, I don't necessarily feel great about how they treated Seven in this episode. Well, I think it's supposed to explore all this like, gray area, right? So... Right, yeah. That's where I left off with uh, my Voyager kind of rewatch. That was kind of heavy. And I think, what did I... S- I switched to something funny after that. Oh, I went back. I was texting you and I went back to... Did you want Lower Decks or something? I watched Lower Decks again. I watched yeah. episode three again because it was enjoyable and funny and I needed something a little less serious to watch. So. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much my uh, Star Trek this week. What did you Star Trek, Johnson? I, I'm watching a lot of Enterprise. I'm up to episode 17 of season one. Oh, wow. So okay. You I think in the me? past week, I watched like 10 episodes. Wow. Yeah. So it's I been think... a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel, you know, this is my first rewatch of Enterprise. I do think that it's kind of underrated. I mean, like there are some episodes of season one that are kind of like really boring. Like, honestly, like. I'm like, where is this episode going? And then not that much happens. I'm even trying, I'm trying to remember like the boring episodes. I honestly can't remember them because they're that boring. Like it was not memorable. But uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, I do think that Enterprise is underrated. You know, I think that uh, given how, um, you know, most season ones go, I think that the crew actually kind of develops like a camaraderie pretty quickly. Um, and uh, they they kind of seem to have relatively good chemistry in season one versus like some other season ones. So yeah, I feel so underrated. I mean, like you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm almost at the end of season one, but I'm I'm just I'm, I'm probably gonna watch the whole thing in the next month or so. So uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I'm actually 
um, a big fan of T'Pol. Um, I, I really like her a lot. Um, I, you know, I, Jolene Blalick, I can't say her last name. Blalick? Laylock. Laylock? Maybe. I don't know. Laylock? I, I don't know. Um, you know, she's like a little, like she, she's very, I mentioned this to you, she's very under, I think she's very underrated as an actress. The first, I would say half of season one, she interprets the Vulcan non-emotional state as kind of just very like a little bit scrawly and kind of pouty. Like she's like, she's kind of just like purses her lips a little bit and you know, that's her non-emotional state. But I do think that she becomes like more comfortable in the role and um, she's very, she's actually very good. Um, you know, I just think it's, I mentioned this on last, po- last podcast. I just think it's unfortunate that they, you know, had to put her in this like cat suit, like, and like, you know, like really like sex her up. Um, and I, I feel that it's like, she, she was given this role for obviously the sex appeal aspect. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure they auditioned her and she was great as an actress, but I feel that in some ways she was kind of given the character, like she was given a disadvantage in the character because, and I think that I'm sure Jerry Ryan kind of felt this too. Like she, you know, she had to like figure out like um, how to position the character and come and make a fully flush character when they're kind of put into this position as a sex object, honestly. Um, but- That's uh, funny because I don't yeah. think of T'Pol as a sexy character, really. Um... I mean, there was one, so there was one episode, Shuttle Pod once, where Trip and Malcolm Reed are—they're basically stuck on a shuttle and they, they think they're going to die. And at some point, they just—they um, start drinking. They—they they find like a bottle of bourbon on the shuttle, and they start drinking. And they're like, you know, a few days into—they think the Enterprise is a stride, and they think that this is it. And they get really drunk, and then at one point, well, so there's two points. One point, Malcolm has a dream about T'Pol. And then another point in the episode, he's just drunk, right? And he's talking to Trip, and he's like, so do you think T'Pol is, is really pretty? And then Trip is like, what? And then Malcolm was like, have you ever noticed her bum? I'm like, what? Get out of here. Like, you know, it was kind of, I think, I don't know, it was like supposed to be kind of like self-referential and kind of making fun of the fact that she's a sex object or, or what, but... Hmm. I mean, her her cat suit, you know, definitely emphasizes certain body parts. So I don't know. I, I don't think that she's necessarily like the same kind of sex object as Seven was, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. In any case, I've watched a lot of Enterprise. Yes, you have. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't really think of her as a sex object, and I, I guess I'd have to go back and think of. I think you should rewatch season one and. Well, if, you know, you know, the problem, I, well, the challenge around season one was they're really trying to show the beginnings of the Federation and of Starfleet. And, mm-hmm. and what I don't think the writers kind of took into effect was you, you don't, you skip over the boring parts. Like if you're telling the history of it, you don't need to tell us the, the low points. So I think they were really trying to convey a sense of what is, what is space travel like? Mm-hmm. Um, in these early days, you know, where warp five is the maximum and most ships right. go, go warp one, uh, maybe a little past warp one. So, you know, I think that they were, they fell back too much on the science 
and built that into the story a little too much. Uh, you know, I, the other thing too is, I mean, obviously writing back then was different. And so they were, you know, following the same tropes of the next generation. Right, right. Uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, you know, the seven, you know, seven, supposedly, even though Enterprise never made it, this seven year season uh, or series, right? So, you know, building up, I, I, you know, it, and, you know, I don't want to get into a, I don't want to cross pollinate here, but in the same way that if you are a Star Wars fan for a long time, you might think that The Last Jedi, which was the second in this new trilogy, was just a very slow like you never you never do a slow space chase essentially that's boring um and i think at times that's what uh, you know where enterprise season one kind of fell into is like this slow like it takes a while to get places because we're only going warp five or warp 4.5 or you know oh, like- i'm actually okay with some of that stuff it's more like there are episodes that just seem like such filler like and nothing really ha- like there was one episode where they were on a planet and then they started going like a little crazy or something like that because there was like this like sec- like like uh, this this crazy pollen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. Like there yeah. was a and they were all starting to get really paranoid. I'm like, where is this going? And yeah. then they were fine. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Like it was it was just so. It, it is a very like just like uh, I, I think it goes along the lines of what we're saying. It's a very typical problem of the week. Like. Yeah trope that they need to like fill like you need to fill like a quota of 26 episodes after a while it's right, like, all right yeah. let's just like recycle this particular idea yeah and it's like all right like well and they're trying to show space exploration and the early days of space exploration beyond what you know where humans might have been in a few colonies or whatever so yeah yeah um well so, so a lot of enterprise this week <laughs> i also rewatched star trek six because oh you mentioned it last podcast yeah about how many times you've watched star trek 6 and now and i rewatched it so now you watch plus yeah. one um and it's really funny because in the episode that we're going to talk about a lower decks so th- at one point this admiral comes on and he pronounces censor as censor and yes. mariner makes fun of it but mccoy says censor in star trek 6 Really? Yeah, so it's like towards the end when they're trying to track down, they're trying to track down, they're basically trying to create a homing missile to hit um, the oh, right, yes. Klingon ship. Correct. And he and McCoy and Spock are basically quote unquote operating on this torpedo. Right. And they connect a sensor. And then McCoy says, sensor. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, are they trying to make fun of that? Like, I don't know. If in I mean, the maybe series, like McCoy ever said censor that way, but yeah, he did. And I've noticed it before too on previous rewatches of Star Trek Six that he pronounced it that way. I thought it was very yeah. odd, and you know this this also came up oh. in Lower Decks. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, clearly now we'll we'll funny. be we'll be looking out for this uh, in the in the future. Now now anytime anyone says censors. We'll all be laughing thanks to Lower Decks. Yeah. So should we talk about this episode? Yeah. I. I, I yeah. If you, if that's your. Oh that's no! I'm, the done, end of, I'm, yeah, I'm done, done talking about um. You know what I've Star Trek for the week, other than Lower Decks, obviously. Well, it's funny because you mentioned Star Trek Six, and I started watching Star Trek Two 
but oh, I okay. uh, but I I got interrupted with dinner and other things. So um, I, while I was waiting for Dennis to come home, I was watching Star Trek Two for a little while. Oh, I should probably rewatch Wrath of Khan. It's been a yeah. while. It is by far my favorite, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. One I mean, of the- a lot happens more than what happens in the motion picture. That's for sure. For sure, yes. You know, and and I'm going to share a slightly em- uh, embarrassing story about this. I actually wrote my college essay about Star Trek II. I have no Wait, idea what I wrote what? about it. Yeah, exactly. Wait, is this a college that you got into? Yeah, I wrote it to my oh, college. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. it was, uh, so I've been a- This is fascinating. Now I need to know. What was- uh, I don't was, remember. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to, no. I don't. Cause it, I mean, it was before computers. I mean, it was uh, not before computers. I had a. Uh, did you have a word processor? I had a word processor. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I did as well. Um. I so if I have a hard copy of it, it's probably back in my parents and in a file somewhere. So um. So, yeah. But I do remember that I did write about um about Star Trek Two in my college entrance essays. So. But you don't remember anything about it? I do not remember anything about oh, it. So it'll be fascinating to someday find that and uh, come across that. Uh, but I don't have any immediate plans to go back to my parents' house in Maine and uh, search, <laughs> search through paper papers. to find your college essay. Yeah. So, um, although I'm sure, I'm pretty fairly sure that it is there somewhere. Fascinating. I, yeah. So, um, but yeah, are you ready to spill the trek on this week's episode of star trek lower decks yeah let's do it yeah that's what i thought carol you did not just call me carol whatever carol let's uh talk a little bit about moist vessel cool um so i'll go first so i thought i i i like this episode i didn't love it um but i overall i I enjoyed some of the tropes that they employed. I think the thing that I liked most about the episode was definitely the interaction between Mariner and Captain Freeman, you know, and this is what we were talking about last time. I think this is what we were kind of hoping for, that we would kind of explore more about the relationship and understand the background a little bit more. I do think there's definitely more to explore there. I, I think it's interesting, and I mentioned this to you separately, but I, I, I think it's interesting that no one else has really acknowledged that their mother-daughter and I wonder whether or not I know you don't think it's common knowledge right I don't and then my basis for that would be the conversation that Ransom and Freeman have in the ready room uh after after she pieces out right she, oh and he's like why do you keep her around yes exactly but so I just don't I just don't know how you keep something like that a secret in the 24th century like you know, when information is so prevalent nowadays, let alone within like a military structure or some, you know, some sort, like, you know, I, I would think that information, like personal information like that is commonplace. But, you know, like I wouldn't, I, I think, I, I think I agree with you. I just think it's odd um, that. I think so. You know. Right. I, I think it comes down to the fact that this is not like the enterprise, right? So, the Enterprise obviously is touted as the best of the best. And I'm not saying that these aren't good people, but maybe they're just not as detail oriented, you know, looking through personnel records and knowing exactly, you know, Ransom doesn't strike me as someone who's sitting down like Riker would and studying 
some of the bridge crew or, you know, getting to know the crew in that kind of depth. He's not a deep person. Um, as far as, you know, he's a, he's a good first officer. That's not to say that he's not, but he, he's just not going through and reading everyone's profile. And, and also, you know, I think he's, well, uh, we've talked a little bit about this. I think that there's either been something between the two of them or they're between Mariner and Ransom based upon how they talk to each other on the planet where they fought. Oh, you just think there's some sort of, they have some history. I think that they've either hooked up before they served together or Oh, really? I thought that the, I thought temporal, what we saw in temporal edict would be potentially the start of it. But you think that they're retreading old ground potentially. I think, yeah, I think that there is, uh, I think that we're going to learn that there is a previous, this is my, my guess, my, based upon the line that he says in the, in the cage, he says, you know, I have no scars. Oh, interesting. So that is the only, you know, that is the, I mean, if you didn't pick up on that line, that is definitively what I'm basing this off of. You know, he doesn't go around shirtless on the ship. She wouldn't know that. Uh, you know, so I think that that's I, an indication that they've had a previous relationship. Yeah, I mean, I remember that line, but I thought that maybe he was just, you know, he's vain and he wouldn't. I mean, there's no reason to have a scar with the 24th level of dermatology, yeah. like you yeah, know, dermat- yeah. right. dermatology expertise in the 24th century, like, yeah. you know, and Mariner specifically want to keep her scars right so i thought that it was just a matter of like you know he's, and i think he's a vain, I, he, he knows that he's a vain guy he he knows that other people recognize that and he's like, yeah Why would I, keep I mean you know? maybe that's also a possibility the other thing too is i think that it's it happened a while ago because she describes all of her scars and if they had had a had a relationship or had some sort of hookup in prior it would be before she had done all these missions where she got all these scars. So um, that's my estimation. I mean, and also in this episode, I don't know if you noticed, but the way that she threw his specific pad in front of him Mm. and the briefing was different than, I mean, he was just, and he kind of like looked at her, gave her like some side eye, like annoyed, but it was a little action, like, it looked from what I remember, and we just watched this more than the other officers. Like yeah, I mean, I, I noticed it with her and Ransom. I didn't pay attention as closely when she was doing it for the other ones. Uh, but I it's there was definitely a little something there. So my my feeling is that they've had a prior they have a prior existing relationship. Interesting. Okay. Um, we'll see. So we have six more episodes of season one, too. We do. Yeah. Like, and he's working on mystery. Yeah, and and Mike McMahon is working on season two. Without which, you know, I, we've listened to the interview with Chuck Geeks, our, our executive producers, um, where he said that he is not really paying attention to the internet scuttle while he writes season two. So yeah, he should. He honestly shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Worth it. Um, no, I think uh, people. Yeah. Why, why go searching for trolls? We're not going to go searching for trolls when this is out here. Like, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, if you, there's a thing called the delete button and ignore you. You don't have to listen. Everything people do is a choice. 
And if you're choosing to watch a show and hate it, why would you do that? There are, no. as, I, as I say to Dennis all the time, there are 7,000 shows to watch. Why do you have to watch the show that either you hate or the one that we're watching together in the case People of People just like to complain about things. They just need something to complain about. That's it. It's true. Um, so what um, else stood, stood out for you in the episode? Yeah, you know, Boimler had... Uh, less of a role in this episode did, yeah. but i i loved the drama like when Wait, when promoted? was promoted <laughs> yes. in the conference room and he is like is this real is this real and he's like freaking out i love that like he's yeah. just, like having a meltdown yeah. and then later he's like trying to figure out like why mariner got promoted and he didn't he's like he's like trying to like be naughty basically he's like oh i need to leave you you know, I need to basically mess up or do something. And then he's, he's getting called to the bridge and he's like, they're going to get what they deserve. And the person's like, what? what are you talking about? Like over the con. And yeah. then he's like, oh, sorry. I'm just a holodeck Moriarty or something. It's like a random Moriarty call out. I was like, yeah. that's funny. Um, but uh, no, he's just like, he has a, he doesn't have a prominent role in this episode, but I did like his like, meltdown and his his just overreaction and just this general drama which you know i i really do like about boy more you do. some people might yes. actually find it really annoying but uh he uh that i find that to be endearing because we relate in that regard um the attendee and rutherford plot line i thought was fine i i do like uh the thing i do enjoy about attendee in this episode, like we find out more about her and how she's a people pleaser, and you know, I, I get that, and I like that aspect of her, and they're kind of like trying to flesh that out in her character. The whole ascension thing was kind of random. I mean, kind of does go back to all you know, all these like Star Trek tropes, like you know, these these species or individuals that shed their physical bodies and become non corporeal or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't know if it really worked that well, but I do, I do like how we kind of explored her character a little bit. So, but those were, uh, yeah, some of the things that stood out for me for this episode. What about you? Yeah, I mean, the, since we're on the Tendi piece, uh, I've, I was all right. I mean, I didn't, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of people pleasers. Um, and she, she was kind of psychotic about it, but <laughs> she was, she was uh, crazy. you know, uh, even at the end when she's choking uh, Rutherford uh, because she wants to know who doesn't like her. I mean, yeah. that's just a little extreme. Rutherford, we barely saw any of in this episode. I know. Um, I want more Rutherford at some yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was nice to see her highlighted and also Mariner. Um mm-hmm you know, just as a, a little bit of a difference rather than the Mariner Boimler show. Um, so that was good. Um, but I wasn't too crazy about the whole Ascension thing. I thought it was a little, little much. And uh, it's interesting. Like she, like, we don't even know how she got invited to this Ascension thing. Like there's no, no pre story to just kind of tell you like how she know like how she got invited to it. And, the whole like his whole plan was to make her mess it up so she so he could kind of get off the hook from ascending um but uh you know i really did enjoy i enjoyed the back and forth between mariner and her mom um Mm -hmm. that was enjoyable like the the 
you know, it got a little tiresome, but it was still really well written and really. Oh, like she was a little bit legit annoying at some point. Ma- uh, the mom Mar- was. Oh, oh. I- I'm thinking Mariner. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. She was definitely over the top in several places. But when she got with her mom, Captain Freeman, uh, then I actually thought that Captain Freeman was a little bit over the top with the the mommy uh, aspect of it, you know, mm-hmm. trying to tell her, like, get a different rock. Yeah. I mean, that was just like, I, I, I was sort of on Mariner's side with like, I was like, what the hell are you telling me to get a different, like, micromanaging her daughter just seems mm. uh, a little bit much. Um, and her daughter's, you know, obviously in her mid 20s or early, you know, early to mid 20s. So she's, you know, she was, she's been a lot of places, done a lot of things. And it's kind of, she got kind of bounced back to her mom's ship for various reasons. But it's just interesting that, uh, you know, Captain Freeman treats her this way. Um, so you kind of get a little bit of insight. It's like, overprotective mom hello millennial gen- millennial parents um mm-hmm. or millennials parents anyway um helicopter parents so um that got a little annoying but it, it was nice to see them come together and solve the problem and uh really there it was nice to see captain freeman see the res- like show mariner some respect for what she had done right um so that was really nice to see. That was that was a nice change, although it was very short lived. Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course Captain Freeman takes it extreme and says that, you know, like mother daughter thing of why wouldn't she know that that would drive her daughter crazy? I don't know, but it clearly did, and hence the uh the demotion and the incident with the Admiral. Yeah. And, and censors so oh yeah i have a question about the promotion so i don't and maybe i missed something or maybe i just don't understand uniforms but she got a yellow uniform even though she's still command division so i was so confused about that because i mean she got an extra pip and she was upgraded to lieutenant but i don't know why she got a yellow uniform i don't know either no no because she's not engineering or tactical so i was a little bit unsure about that but i'm not sure i missed something yeah, I mean, we don't really, you know, so none of these ensigns really have, I mean, they're all kind of assistants, right? They're they're kind of entry-level jobs that aren't, yeah. like, aren't bridge officers or, you know, and, and I think you could be a bridge officer and not be senior staff. Like, you could, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have a pilot and, it, well, I guess, I, I, you know, I don't know. But anyway. This also uh, pauses the question as to who who's technically senior staff. Um, right. I, I don't even know like what now I'm confused as to what level the technically need to be to be invited to the senior staff meetings. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there was definitely some confusion around that. I think it was more just a little change up of the costume. Maybe. I don't know. I, I have no idea other than, yeah, did that did bother me, but it didn't, I didn't, I just kind of went with it after that. Uh, and maybe Maybe it's something like when you're in management training, you kind of go through all the different departments and it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a, you know, so anyway. um, Um, But we didn't talk about um, the actual big thing of the week, which is the generation ship. Right. I, I, I did enjoy that because it felt very Star Trek. 
Yeah. Like even the mission briefing at the beginning felt very like TNG mission briefing, you know, yeah. like here, here's the, here's what we are here for. Here's, here's what's going on. I mean, before Mariner interrupted, but I actually, right. I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. I was like, I want to know more. Um, I don't know how sciencey it is. Like, you know, this like goo, this terraforming goo that just makes inorganic material into organic material. But then like, it did bother me that at the end they just, you know, they were able to reverse everything. I'm like, that seems dubious to me. But I did like that whole um, problem of the week for this episode. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen more of that, actually. I would have liked to have seen more um, exploration of the generation ship or something along that lines. But it was, um, it definitely brought it back to just the Cerritos and um, what happens there. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good good sto- good story beginning right right you know um but it really didn't go much further than the goo getting yeah i mean it was i think what i'm seeing with many of these episodes so far especially given the short time frame is that it's this premise that then gets into you know it puts the characters into situations and it's about the character development and obviously what they go through versus right, yeah. like I, I think at least if you have a 45 minutes like you there's more to delve into the mystery or, you know, whatever it is, but they don't really do that as much when right, they yeah. have like 23 minutes or so. True. And it's a comedy. So, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's going to be a comedy with the backdrop of Star Trek. Right. 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 So, yeah. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that, you know, there, I can't say that there were a lot of outstanding quotes in this one. Um, you know, I'd asked you before we started recording if you thought of any really funny lines in this. I mean, uh, there wasn't anything super outstanding for me in this. And again, we've I've only we've both only watched it twice. Uh, we've watched the other episodes significantly more than mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that I agree with your original premise at the top, which was it was good but not great. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite of the season. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, it's, it's already seeming like, interestingly enough, the odd ones, odd numbered episodes are the better ones for me. Um, but, uh, yeah. And also there was a little discussion online about the whole idea of moist vessel, like the, theme of the episode being a right. little, little weird i know people some people i mean moist is an interesting word so yeah um yes so but uh yeah i mean what would you give the overall rating of the episode at uh i think i would give it like a 7.5 so okay. yeah so it's like good you know good decent not great yeah 7.5 okay. or so what about you uh, I was going to give it a seven. Okay. So, yeah. so I give it a higher score this time. Yeah, you definitely enjoyed this uh, a little bit more. Mar- marginally more. Marginally more, yeah. Well, all right. So there we go. We've spilled the track on the latest episode of Lower Decks. Awesome. Should we get into some off-topic? Yeah. Let's talk a little off-topic. Computer, hit it. Hitting it. Yeah. So, yeah, Mike, what else are you watching, reading? Well, so this week I uh, rewatched Torchwood, 
the season three five-parter children of earth and i actually really enjoyed it it um, was really good i mean i think i watched it back when it first premiered and it's been a while well so it very good I, I i went back and tried to you know it's from 2009 so uh the i mean obviously the world was a completely different place that gives you a little bit of context about how old this is. It still holds up. It's still a very good, compelling story. Yeah. And I didn't remember a lot, a lot about of moral it. questions. A obviously. lot of moral. Yeah. A lot of moral questions, a lot of political questions, a lot mm-hmm. of, um, you know, uh, history as far as um, things coming back to bite you from uh, 40 years earlier. Uh, not only for, um, not only for the guest starring characters, but also obviously for uh, Captain Jack. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. But I I enjoyed it. Uh, I pretty much been binge watched it uh, two episodes, two like two well two episodes, an episode and a half. And then, sorry, is five or six episodes? It's five. So five. I watched it over three nights. So, um, and it wait, was did you watch it, Dennis? Yeah, part parts of it I did watch with Dennis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't. He let he let me watch it. Uh, in the sense of like it, it wasn't something where he was like completely bored with it. Um, but he also wasn't getting deep into it. So, um, okay. it wasn't something that we needed to watch together. But we did end up watching it together as not know, like Indian Matchmaker. Correct or <laughs> or uh, Rust Valley Restorers, which we can oh, right. continue to watch. Right. Um, so then, after that ended, I uh, I did put on uh, a favorite episode of mine from Doctor Who, which was uh, Partners in Crime, where we meet again uh, Donna Noble uh, in her first episode of her season, season four. So, um, all you know. I I really adore that matchup of uh, David Tennant and Catherine Tate. So uh, it is. I have no idea what we're talking about. No, I I know, but it was definitely my my favorite one of my favorite seasons of Doctor Who, modern Doctor Who. Um, yeah, I didn't really start watching Doctor Who until Matt Smith came on, and then and then I dropped off after yeah. a while. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've been a lifelong. Whovian, um, Doctor Who fan, and uh, but David Tennant and Catherine Tate are by far uh, two of the best couplings. And I think that uh, my main reason for loving the two of them together is because my problem with Rose and Martha before her, before Donna, was that they kind of fell in love with the Doctor. Oh, and so I really never really identified with that. I never saw that in the classic Doctor Who. So um, it was always kind of a piece of it was disconcerting to me. Um, I don't know whether that's a gay thing or whether it's just um, Mm. just that I liked my companions to be companions and not love interests for the Doctor. So or not Mm -hmm. for the Doctor, but in love with the Doctor. So yeah. so yeah, so it's definitely one of my favorites. It was just kind of like fun to watch Partners in Crime with the Adipose. And uh, those of you who watch Doctor Who will know what I mean. Um, but that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think. Uh, the only other news off topic that I'm excited about that happened today actually was um, 
I've got two Lego sets coming to me. Oh my God. Okay. Um, where are so, these? Uh, one is the one I ordered a month ago that they charged my card. So it's, it must be shipping, which is the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, so that is, uh, that is going to be shipping to me. And then my mom helped me get uh, a special set from the Best Pin Duel, which is when Darth Vader and Luke are fighting on in uh, Cloud City. Yes, in Cloud yes. City. Mm-hmm. And he re- it's the moment where he reveals that he is Luke's father. So, um, and it's very, it's already sold out. It's a special edition set. So, um, so yeah. So where again, are you going to put these? I do not know. I, they, uh, I don't know yet. I don't know. Yet. Because they take a lot of real estate after you're done with them. They, they can. Yes. Yeah. I did. I did find a company that does build display cases oh my God. for them. So I know more junk. You, have, you, you get junk, junk to put your junk in. Oh my gosh. Stop with junk. <laughs> it's not all junk. We cannot I'm all. Saying, I'm just saying. We cannot all be, uh, a, you know, there, you know, like a few trinkets here and there. So. All right. You know what, too? Like, sets are not just trinkets. That's a lot. Well, those would be the last. Those are, I have no plans to get any other sets. So, and I okay. may leave the best pin set in its box for the time being. Um, we'll see, but uh, the Razor Crest, when it comes, it will be built because I do love the Mandalorian. Wonderful. There we go. There we go. What about you? What uh, what off-topic things have you been watching? I know you've. I no, don't know how I you. So, I don't know how you've watched anything else. If you've watched ten episodes of Enterprise since. We yeah, watched I haven't story. watched honestly anything else. Um, next week there'll be stuff for me to watch because the uh, Boys season two is coming out. Yeah, Mulan is coming out. Oh, are all- you gonna pay the twenty thirty dollars to see that? Yeah, I might do like a small like gathering oh. that you're not invited to. Oh, but um, yes, because like, of I might what? Do, like, a- <laughs> I, just, I was just trying to mumble my way through that. But um, <laughs> yes, like uh, I might do like a small like Mulan gathering. I might order might order Chinese. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm Chinese, so it's okay. Um, uh, but you know, it needs to be Americanized Chinese food. It can't be like legit Chinese food okay. because you know it's like how Mulan. This movie is is like an Americanized Chinese movie. You know, it's like Disneyfied. So we, we need Disney-fied. to stick with the theme here. You know, okay. I I want my mushu chicken. I want my I don't know what else. My, okay, my general sauce. General sauce, yeah. General cows, general Buddha. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever. All right. Whatever Americanized Chinese food there. I, I'm not insulted about not being invited. I'm sure that the guest list is a strict. Well, I mean, especially of with Asian with... people. No, no, not no. What? No way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm Stop kidding. It. <laughs> um, no, it's more like I, I, I'm, with social distancing. I'm, I know, yeah. I'm restricting how many people I'm of having course. over. I'm, even this year for Thanksgiving, I usually have like, you know, like oh, uh, right. larger gatherings up to like 10 people. I don't think that's going to be a thing this year. TBD. Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, so, oh yeah. And also I'm excited for Raised by Wolves. Um, so you, then, yeah. You've, uh, yeah. you brought that to my attention. It's on HBO Max. HBO Max. Which I have. Uh, and I've, I've, 
in front of every episode of Torchwood, uh, there was an ad for it. So I can't. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. You know, Ridley Scott can be very hit or miss. So I, right. I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the promo seemed interesting. I really liked the first trailer. The second trailer, you know, revealed some more plot wise, how basically it, it's, it's a little bit science versus religion, which is very traditional, but mm. um, you know, there's a little bit of that. So I'm, I'm interested to see where really Scott takes it. I mean, at the very least, it's going to look beautiful because really Scott is a great like cinematographer, filmmaker. Right. And he directed the first two episodes. So I'm ready to at least be blown away from the visuals okay. um, in terms of how, Will the visuals sell the story is the question, you know, will it, you know, how long can you stay uh, attentive to just visually beautiful scenes if the storyline or characters are not interesting or worth following? Exactly. So we'll see where that takes us. Um, So yes, I'll probably have more to say next in our next podcast about off topic, but this week it was all enterprise. Honestly, other than Star Trek, which has been my kind of fallback, I've been having problems um, identifying new shows to watch. I mean, there are these select few that I'm really excited for, but I had a friend of mine kind of ask me about shows and usually I'm like, I kind of come up with some recommendations. I told him to watch The Morning Show and he at first wasn't sure, but then he ended up really liking it. Um, he, for All Mankind, yeah. did you recommend he that? He watched one? that already. He okay. watched For All Mankind. All right. yep. He likes sci-fi fantasy magic. So I was like, hmm, I was thinking about it. The- <laughs> I recommended The Bodyguard because I, I love The Bodyguard. Um, but he was like, ooh, terrorism. That could be a little triggering. So I was like, all right, never mind. Um, what about The Magicians? He watched, I mean, he, he's he's watched caught it. up with The Magicians. He finished okay. all of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like mediocre sci-fi and fantasy on netflix that yeah you know, i'm sure he could delve into all right one show that i never got into that i wish i got into because everyone raves about it is dark on netflix actually i don't know if you watched it I it's don't... like this um norwegian that might be incorrect i don't know Some no it, it sounds uh it sounds fairly Oof. accurate um not american uh but basically yes. It's like, it's like mystery, it's sci-fi, there's time travel, it gets very complicated. I watched half the first season, I kept on falling asleep, so that was a problem. Um, I was hesitant to recommend that one because it's a little bit slow. Um, but anyway, no, I've been like just kind of struggling with new programming. So I don't know, life is hard, I guess. Dark has um, three seasons and uh, it does yeah. look to be... Um... Yeah, it's uh, only, yeah. Season three was its last one, so yeah. I I don't know if I should go back. I tried twice to go back to dark, and I made it like two more episodes into season one than my first try, and then it died. My my uh, hmm. my interest died. So yeah. I don't know. I'm just like maybe if I, you know what? I've been. I also have watched it um, not dubbed in the original language, of which I don't recall. Um, I don't know if that is a factor. Usually I'm fine with subtitles, but maybe in this one because it's a little bit slow. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm assuming he's watched Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. No, he's watched Umbrella Academy. Okay. He's excited for the boys. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. I, I yeah. you know, usually I'm, you know, I used to be, I think, much more of a broad TV consumer, and now I become much more selective um, with well, you know, my viewing. Right. Well, and I think I am. I'm definitely too. Which you know, for me, I'm wondering if if this HBO series is gonna you know be of interest or or not i think that we're gonna we're going to have a shortage of shows very soon i think by the end of this year we are going to be i think i would imagine that most of the programming has was done for nine months is uh you know if you know what i'm trying to say here yeah 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 for whatever reason i can't say it but I, I think there's going to be a dark period in your programming, basically. I, yeah, exactly. For a little yeah. while. Yeah. So I think it's going to be few and far between. Uh, so I think we're going to have to go back to the classics. And I think obviously we're both Star Trek fans and we are both watching it. Um, I've, I've been watching intermittently here and there uh, an animated series episode. Just to kind of, I, I don't know that I've ever watched it all the way through. So going back to what I Star Trek. But uh, I think we're going to have to, you know, kind of fall back on old shows and, and things that we enjoy, like Torchwood, Doctor Who, you know, some of the classics that are, um, you know, going to kind of sustain us while we get through this period of uh, COVID, COVID life. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't think of anything other than Discovery. Discovery will get us through the end of 2020. And um, I can't think of anything that's anticipated that we were anticipating that would have come out in early 2021. So I don't think that we're going to have any real new television to watch. No. In fact, in fact, in fact, Discovery is going on terrestrial uh, CBS this fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, all the networks have announced their fall programs. It's basically all reality, except for a few things here and there, which are either reruns from cable um, or international uh, acquisitions. Yeah. And in the case of CBS, yeah, they're going to be airing Discovery season one. Yeah. So I think that we're going to, yeah, I think we're going into the dark times of, of TV viewing. So we may have to explore these weird shows that we've tried to get into that haven't. I, I can't think of there's another show like that uh, with a child that I can't remember. I think it was Norwegian. Wait, what? Uh, a child with special gifts that um, it was a, it was also a Norwegian or Scandinavian show that I can't. I started watching like two years ago. I've never gone back to. Um, it was a Netflix original series too, so I'll have to dig that out. Um, but it was from uh, from abroad. Um, oh. Hmm. I can't remember. It was it was probably one of their and I still you know I still have to go back and finish watching Lost in Space season two. Oh, um, Lost in Space! I hate Lost in Space. Oh wow, such the, the remake. You know why? Because I can't. Okay, um, Doctor Smith is so annoying. I hate Doctor Smith so much. The new one. Um, she's evil because, well. All right, so she's psychotic. She's evil. Okay, but um, who plays her? Um, Parker Posey, right? Yes. So Parker Posey has one look of disdain that's just plastered on her face. She has no other look. Every other role that she's been in, including Superman Returns, um, 
and Dr. Smith in the new Lawson space. It's just this look. I, I'll actually make it for you, and I know our listeners can't look at me, but it's like, uh, it's yeah, like this. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this where her mouth is like half open, yeah. and it's like this like just look of content would be the best way to put it. And I'm like, something oh you would God. see like in an 80s, uh, 80s movie. I don't know. And, and then the Robinsons are, they're all idiots. Like they're smart, but they're dumb. And I just can't, I can't. And it's canceled. So I'm like, thank God. It's it, over. Is, it is canceled. Like, because yeah. I tried watching season two. I know this is a very strong reaction, but um, I tried watching like two hours of season two. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Like they make all these dumb decisions. Like get out yeah. of here. Well, so, you know, other other shows that have been canceled, uh, Altered Carbon, which was had a really yeah, good Yeah, Altered Carbon, season. I didn't need it to continue. I watched both season one and season two. And, uh, I, I like, have to go I back. I don't need more of this. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I've started watching season two a while ago and haven't really gotten into it. Um, it's like, you know, fine. It's like, for the amount of money they put into the show, it's just mediocre sci-fi yeah well and the, the story is actually better in prayers i believe um so i'm pretty sure it's yeah it's based on a book or books so uh, um, i don't recall in any case um i think that might be it for off topic that might Maybe. be enough for off topic I, I think we've covered everything that we could possibly cover in off topic and and you know i i think we've thrown in a i haven't lot watched anything <laughs> we talked a lot about a lot of off topic i think yeah and i also think we sprinkled in this episode a lot of our own personal lives uh i don't know is there anything that you want to dish with deanna about this week come in hi you got a minute sure yeah what's going on with you and dennis uh i mean Nothing that, uh, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it's just a normal week, I would say. Uh, we are planning on, mm-hmm. we're, well, so. Oh, part, wait, you guys are going to Provincetown. We are hopefully going to Provincetown, yes. Our, our plans are still awaiting a semi-deadline that would keep massachusetts off the no-fly list for new york so that would be the wait is that like i know you mentioned that is that like imminent is that are they well no i don't think so but we just don't know and the problem is that the minute we do if it does go on that list then we're effectively screwed so right you know uh we we i'm very excited to get away first of all i'm i actually you know it's been It'll, it's been about six or seven weeks since we were up in the um, Finger, Lakes. Finger Lakes. And uh, the city has gotten busier. Things are much more back to having this feeling of being back to normal here in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is I, I really want a, a breakout in nature a little bit. So, um, But how did you guys away. decide on Provincetown? Which, by the way, until Tony mentioned it when we got together one time, I did not even know. I'm like the worst gay ever. I didn't even know about Provincetown. I was like, <laughs> what is this place? And then he started talking about it. And I was like, oh, I guess it's like another like Fire Island kind of deal. But I've never heard of it before. But then I talked to other people, including my street friends. And they're like, Johnson, it's like a gay mecca. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've never even heard of this place before. <laughs> um, so I've only learned of it 
in, yeah, I would say the past month. Someone needs to get outside of his New York born and bred bubble here and realize that the world is greater. You, you go, you, I, your trips in the past have been very like extreme, like go to Australia or go yeah. far away. Like you go far away, but five hours away from here is a wonderful place called the Cape of Massachusetts, Cape Cod. And uh at the very tip Provincetown. Provincetown. and um there are but, multiple I mean, ways to get there i mean i'm not sure tony was sold to me i understand it's like this like you know really gay area but then he was talking about the dock that everyone like you know hooks up <laughs> under or was it the dick dock like or yes, something? Is, and i was yes. like i don't know if that you know i don't know if i need that i might need like penicillin shot afterwards <laughs> like i don't know like if that's appealing or not. Well, all right. So that that is one of the more infamous parts of P Town, but it is not. I mean, that is that is not what P Town is all about. It's you know, it's uh, it's just one of those infamous stories, kind of like the Fire Island, you know, parties on. Fire I've never Island. been to Fire Island either. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like, totally you are talking about this, and I'm like clutching my pearls. <laughs> like, I'm like, goodness, <laughs> like it yeah. sounds like, especially in time of the Corona, I'm like, like a little bit much. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, but it is a beautiful beach. There's a wonderful town. There are wonderful people who, people are very friendly there. It's just one, it's actually one of the fen- friendliest places in the world, I think. And, Ooh, goodness. Um, you know, so it's just, it's just a good place to get away. There's a lot of restaurants, you know, there's commercial street, you walk down it, there's all these little shops, you, you know, little artisan shops and, you know, some um, higher end shops. It's just, uh, there's art galleries. There's just a lot of little things. It's it's quite, quite nice. It's a nice getaway. It's kind of a, you know, I, I think that we, we are overly blessed by living in New York City where mm-hmm. gay life is very, you know, prominent. Um, but for a lot of yeah, people- I'm like- I just need Hell's Kitchen. Why do I need right? Town? Yeah, right. So for a lot of people, though, a nice getaway um, to a place where acceptance is high, and mm-hmm. you know, um, sort of the um, the foreboding of uh, the real world is kept at bay a little bit. Um, so I think you know, and it's a beach. Obviously, there's beach, and there's ocean, and there's you know, whale whale trips whale watching whale watching and oh. things like that there's stuff to do um but obviously it's beach and relaxing it i'm uh, staying away from the dick dock though i'm gonna tell you that yes i would i i've never been to the dick dock so i only heard of it like you have so it's it's a urban legend of sorts but it is, is a real it? thing i mean like there not, are ghosts no there's no ghosts there but i mean maybe there are i don't know i've never been but you know I, i'm like <laughs> like what is this i mean maybe but uh you know so uh it's uh it's a uh, it's it's yeah that's just one of the places there i mean there's afternoon tea which is kind of like oh i love afternoon tea i'm all about tea time <laughs> probably not the same tea time that you're thinking about wait though. what are you talking about well afternoon tea is like uh you know drinks out on the dock it's like uh it's a part like a little we not party about, like, small sandwiches no we're not talking about we're not talking oh, about the okay. british tea time here we're not all right all right 
I, I legit enjoy t- like going to tea time. Like, you know, <laughs> a nice a nice pot of tea, some things. Sure. I, 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 I get where you're coming from. Yes. No, this is more like a an afternoon party of sorts. Obviously, it would be very different in current times, but in the past mm-hmm. it used to be quite packed. Um, Planters Punch is a favorite drink of of the uh, of the area. So I don't know what that is. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of things for you to experience yet, and uh, not saying you, you, I'm not recommending. I'm not saying you should go to the Dick Dog. That's that's a completely different thing. But there, it's just a nice, it's a great place to go, and uh, we're looking forward to spending some time on the beach. Okay. Do you guys and, have a backup in case um, Massachusetts is off the list? I, I we'll probably just go to Long Island somewhere, but it'll be very last minute and. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think right. we're gonna yeah. I think we might might go to Long Island to see some wineries or whatnot, but Okay. Nothing. Um or I know or out to the Hamptons maybe just to I've okay. never been out to the Hamptons, so um something along that lines. But um yeah, you cool. know, just to get away on the on the beach and we we're gonna bring our grill and possibly and you know, there's there's yeah, so it's just a getaway and I'm looking forward to it. Um hopefully uh all stays on track and we can um and we can go but uh it's still very much up in the air because uh dennis's work has said if you go and it gets on that list you will quarantine for 14 days without pay so oh that's intense yeah so yeah so we have to take that into account yes yeah i mean maybe it makes more sense to just stay safe yeah i mean it's currently not on the list and my my family and my sister and family are going to be up on the cape that weekend week two so Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to meet up with them and have dinner so and i you know friends in the area too so um so yeah so there's a a little bit of a little bit of anticipation there but i'm not i'm not getting too excited about it yet until we're booked and we're going and you know who knows last minute we could we could have to cancel. Who knows? So, that'd, be, that'd be annoying, though. That would be very annoying. Um, so we'll we'll kind of play it by year. Hmm. But uh, that's a little bit about Dennis and I. Uh, what about you? Any any anything socially going on in the dating world? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, I really need to invent a robot to swipe for me because it's like really tedious, and yeah. I really want no part of it. And yeah, it's like not only tedious to swipe, it's also tedious to like have these initial conversations and I'm like so over it. And yeah. I just I need I just need a bot literally to swipe into initial conversations for me because I really can't be bothered. What um when you look at profiles, what makes you swipe one way or the other? Like, uh, I, and I don't know which is the the correct way to swipe if you like someone. Is it swipe right? So it's swipe right if you like them, swipe left if you're not interested. Okay. So I usually, so I, I try to be as quick with it as possible because I can't look at every profile. So usually I will swipe right just based upon, I'm like, oh, this is person, like, you know, do I find them like physically attractive? Which I know is superficial. And then kind of sort it out later. Like if we actually match, then I kind of look at the profile to see if this person's crazy or not. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is like not someone I would want to even talk to. Um, but uh, yeah, I usually kind of, you know, figure it out later. Okay. I don't know if that's like the best methodology, but honestly, I'll be totally honest. Like I don't really have a high match rate with people. So um, I don't, 
I, I don't know how, you know, where to chalk that to, chalk, chalk that up to. But, um, you know, so because of that, I'm like, I'm not going to spend all this time looking through the details of the profile. Let me just, let me just quickly go through it. If there's even, if I find that even remotely attractive, right. you know, um, I'll, I'll swipe right. And then, you know, I, I don't know what, what other people do, but that's what I do. Okay. I mean, so we've talked a little bit about this offline in our group of friends, right? Um, about matchmaking, like, what are your thoughts on kind of having having an initial conversation with someone to kind of maybe suss out some candidates or to see if they could help you find uh, someone? Because it's clear from what you're saying is that, yes, you're you're kind of doing what everybody does, which is swipe right on the people that you find attractive, mm-hmm. but then you kind of look deeper and you realize, oh, there's nothing there that, right, right. that you personally connect with. Right. So, and you finding it, you're finding it mundane and like robotic and mm-hmm. all of these things. Like, wouldn't it be, you know, first of all, you haven't yet watched Indian matchmaker. So I have not. Oh my God. I, th- I think that that should be on your list of off topic things to do, but that's my personal opinion. Not, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also the idea of maybe like seeking out someone uh, to kind of, help in the dating realm i know it's not a it's it's not a top priority but it's also mm-hmm. you know it's not like you wouldn't be on the apps if you weren't actually looking for someone so yeah what are your thoughts on having some external help with that yeah i thought about that actually but it's also i'm also like you know i'm very miserly so i'm like oh i don't want to spend money and I, I've known a few people that have tried it with limited success. Okay. So I haven't heard a lot of, I guess, success stories out of, you know, gay matchmaking. But, you know, maybe our viewers slash listeners, whenever this episode is published, um, you know, maybe they will have had really great stories about matchmaking. I don't know. And if, you know, I would actually be interested to hear if people have had success with that route. Um, I have been reached out by matchmakers. Okay. But then I'm like, is this, it's, it's weird. Cause like, you know, they'll kind of tell you a little bit, but then I'm like, is this a scheme? Is, you know, are they going to try sure. to, do they want my social security number? Right. Um, and there's, there's this one matchmaker that reached out to me. We talked a little bit, um, but he started like, and he actually just asked me for my phone number because he, he wanted to give that to his client. And I'm like, can we just, you know, chat over email or something first before I give them my phone number because I don't want some rando to call me. Um, and he's like, the matchmaker was like, no, like we need your phone number for this to continue. I was like, all right, I, I'm not very comfortable with you that. You want to sell them, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to just email this person first. I wanted to start really slow, particularly if it's through a third party. Yeah, um, of course. So yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't feel comfortable with that. And I didn't know, I mean, I looked, up this person like this matchmaker and his company and they seemed legit but i was also just hesitant just having just giving my number to some rando well then yeah you gotta yeah. really wonder like how does someone find you like how does a like how, how did you come up on their radar like you you didn't reach out to them first that seems i i totally understand your skepticism around that i mean that yeah really would you know especially in this day and age of you know, identity theft and go, you right. know, ghosting like, and all of these things, uh, catfishing, 
all of these things. I mean, that totally makes sense why you'd be cautious, but I think it's important for, I mean, I know this and your friends know this, but maybe our audience doesn't know, like you're, you're, you're not looking for a hookup. Like you're, you're looking for a relationship. And I think that that, you know, that doesn't necessarily come from an app. Although it right. can, and it did. Hey, you and Dennis. We met um, on an app. We you did. met on an app. So, I mean, I mean it can. I mean, he didn't even give you his real name at first. That is true. Am uh, I allowed to talk about this? Or? Sure. I mean, I don't, that, uh, yeah, no, he did not. Um, Wait, what was, what was his pseudonym that he gave you? He gave me his middle name. And then when <laughs> so he, funny, yeah, which is, is what he used for his uh, and then when he actually name. and then we actually gave you his number. You were like, "Who's it. Dennis?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so funny. So, so you never know, right? It was a, yeah, yes. it was funny. Yeah, so um, right, but uh, yeah, you don't know, but also I think that you've you've had a, a long enough time where you. I mean, obviously, it's become mundane. Times are different now, right? It's not like you can, you, it's not like you want to or you can go on a million dates because of social distancing, because of time, you know, time and mm-hmm. the, the way the world is right now. I mean, it, you know, it's just something to think about. But I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, you're not swiping right for the latest hookup. You're actually looking for someone to have a relationship with. And I think that that's... Right that's different. And I, you know, while it does happen for some people that they can, they can build a, they can make a, and find a relationship on an app that doesn't always apply for everyone. And um, so, you know, so I guess if, if our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, had a recommendation of a matchmaker who they know has had success in the gay world, um, please do so. You can reach out to us at deepspacepride at gmail.com. Um, or we can reach us through social media. I guess people can, uh, you know, message yeah, us about could, this. Yeah, you. I guess you could. Um, I'll leave the the replying to those messages to 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 you. But uh-huh. uh, um, yeah, but, uh, but but yeah, I think if I, you know, I think if I heard more um, positive case studies come out of it, I could. It would kind of sway me. It's just I haven't really heard that many. Yeah, um, and I think also, you know, getting a getting a recommendation from from someone who's been matched by a successfully by a matchmaker would also help right right you know i i do think your story about them reaching out to you like how the hell would they find you like it's not like you submitted your information on a form somewhere and also what happened was um it's it's actually very odd so i matched with someone on tinder okay and then it's like this guy and then um he starts the communication and then he's like i'm a matchmaker I'm like, oh okay um so that's how that's how he reached out um but i don't okay. know what kind of prerequisites he's looking for i mean i'm sure his client is like i want someone that's xyz and that you know that's how he's determining who he's swapping right on and then using that it's it's interesting the methodology that they're using to like find people. Um, but I still kind of felt weird about it, you know, and I felt, felt weird about getting some of my number and that's where I stopped. So, yeah, right. Well, the other thing too, and I mean, if you are concerned about that, I would, uh, you know, one of the things that I did get a burner phone, is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially you can get a Google voice number for that sort of thing. And, you know, 
you can put it on do not disturb on your iPhone and um, let things like that go to you to that voicemail for now voicemail and and it does text too so I mean there is that option but Mm. um, yeah so yeah next time next time next time you match with a matchmaker on Tinder yeah very specific yeah, I mean, um, that's that's an interesting. Yeah. So I'm wondering, and this might be maybe you don't even know, was the picture of the matchmaker or was the picture of his client? It was the picture of the matchmaker because he sent me a picture of his client. Oh, later. okay. What did you think yeah. about the client? Meh. Meh. Okay. Meh. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, then that's also a reason not to give someone your phone. Well, I want to like you know I. I'm trying to keep more of an open mind in terms of people, you know, who I go on dates with and things like that. And, yeah. you know, like, I was just like, okay, you know, I actually did respond to the matchmaker and said, you know, I'm willing to start a conversation, but then, you know, he asked me for my number and then that's where I felt a little comfortable. And I was, and that's when I had the back and forth and was like, Oh, I'd rather communicate over email first to see if there's any sort of, you know, common ground. So yeah, I would, so I think you should watch Indian Matchmaking uh, Matchmaker just because I, I think it'll give you a little more context as to what a, a professional professional matchmaker actually does. I mean, they would provide you with like a dossier of of a person and you could, you know, and they get to know you. So they right. get to know what you're looking for and then they can search based on that. Uh, I think that that's... I mean, I, I've never seen your Tinder profile, so I don't know what is what kind of information you haven't. There. I haven't. I'm one of the <laughs> few people who have not passed around your Tinder profile. Um, so yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. So that's uh, anything else going on in your life that? Uh... No, I mean, like, well, I'm like, you know, spending a lot of time. Um, with my plants, I'm becoming like a plant lady right now. So I like have like two terrariums. I like I have like um, I have two aquariums, two terrariums. I have like some like cacti. Oh, interesting. So I actually got um, like a pitcher plant for my terrarium. Like, do you know like what a pitcher plant is? You, you I do not. I, I a pitcher do plant not is a carnivorous plant. You know, like a Venus flytrap, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So a pitcher plant is in that vein where okay. they live in poor soil, so they need to eat bugs in order to get nutrition. So they literally form a pitcher. Like, a, it's a small pitcher that's filled with digestive liquid. Bugs fall in, and they die, and then the plant digests the bug. They actually like a, it's a leaf that actually forms a cup. It's very interesting, and it like emits this nectar smell. So plants are like bugs are drawn to it. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, that's how. So yeah, I got a picture plant for my um, terrarium. I'll show you eventually. But it's interesting. The genus of these picture plants is the penthe. Like no way. episode of the card. Yeah. Wow. That's so it's interesting. interesting because the uh, the planet Nepenthe is actually, I think, um, at least from what I recall from the showrunners, in terms of you know, it's like, was it? It's like it's like some sort of medicine for forgetfulness or something like that. Do you remember? Uh, I like don't that. remember. Yeah. In terms of the origin of Nepenthe, right. yeah. yeah. Um, which I think s- s- kind of speaks to like 
Troll and Riker's like you know why they went there or something. Like yeah, that. It but it's for also people. the genus of this pitcher plant. Like it's so random. The Penthe. Oh the wait, Penthe. but there was also something else because they did take um, their son to that planet to for right. healing. Because, for healing. Yeah, he so it wasn't healing. just. Yeah. So yeah. there was some some aspect of that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm talking about it. But yes, I'm becoming like a I'm plant lady. I'm I'm gonna get cats. Well, soon, maybe we so. should uh, throw throw a picture of the pitcher plant on our social media so you all can see what we're talking about. Yeah, um, maybe for the promo for this episode, I can do that. So yeah, can, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, I guess that's it for this episode. So like Mike, you were saying, people can reach us through email at deepspacepride at gmail.com. And they can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles there are simply deepspacepride. There we go. So I think that's it for next this week. Episode. Well, yeah, next week we'll talk about the next episode of Lower Decks and what we've been Star Trekking since then. Probably and more a little bit topic. of more off topic uh yes i will clearly have some updates on some off topic stuff uh probably not a lot of change in uh what we're star trekking since we're both star trekking a a series Uh, multiple seasons yeah um but i am enterprise is only like 97 episodes so there you go well and i am not watching all of i am picking and choosing my way through voyager season four right now so oh okay uh, I am not watching every episode because uh, I, you know, it's not my thing. You know, I think I'm. I think I'm actually going to skip a couple and get to the Omega Directive next. So wait, so are you're are you still on season three? No, no, no. This is season four. This is seven's season first four. season. Yeah, seven's first season. So yeah, I think I'm going to jump ahead to Omega oh, right. Directive uh, next season. Yes, I'm sorry, season four. Yeah. So um, um, you know, I I would be interested to hear. Did you watch Mortal Coil, the one where Neelix dies? Where what? Where Neelix dies? No, I don't think I have watched that. Was that from I season think four? Season four. That one's interesting. Do you remember that episode? I do not actually. Um, uh, so I probably, I probably did watch it in first run. I but... think it's later on season four, maybe early season five. But um, no, I skipped over so, it actually. Oh, I think you should go back to it. I think it's interesting. Um, Okay. You know what? I'm not going to spoil it. I mean, Neelix dies, but he doesn't stay dead. Um, and uh, it raises some philosophical questions. Okay. So, interesting. I might go back. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I did, thank you. Uh, that's a good call out. I'll, I'll go back and watch that one. And then, um, I don't know, the killing game doesn't really sound that exciting. I mean, they turn the ship into a massive holodeck. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You know I, I've kind of, you know, I could give or take the uh, Herogen. I'm not really not that fascinated with them. And then uh, take it or these, leave it. Yeah, take it or leave it. It's not. I mean, yeah, they're they're big they're and they're bad, and they're the they're the villain of the season. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you know, but Omega Directive comes up, and I mean, honestly, after the Borg and Species A four seven two, the Herogen, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then. Uh, then we get to the end of the season is hope and fear, which is uh, when they get that. Uh, I think that's the one where uh, they get a new starship that's going to take them back to, but it's a trap, right? Oh, wait, is it that? Arturus is the character that they. It's, uh, it's when they like, 
it's like this other ship that like basically is like draining these other organisms for fuel or something. Oh no, thing? no. I was thinking, uh, no, this is the, uh, I don't remember what it's called to be honest. The Dauntless. Is it the Dauntless? The, the, the Annex 1A or O1A? I don't know. Oh, is it the ship that can split Print, into uh, No, they that's the Prometheus. That's Message Oh my God. Auto. No, this one, this one's the one with uh, Transwarp not transwarp, but hyper or slipstream drive or whatever. I think it's, oh, I uh, yeah, but it's an alien trap. I, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, oh, okay. I think I'm getting confused with Equinox. Yes, you are definitely. Getting, yeah. Yeah. Equinox is even smaller than Voyager. It's like a, but little, it can, but that's a ship. Wait, no, I don't remember. Oh my God. I'm like conflating all these like cliffhangers. You are. Anyway, we'll talk more anyway. about Voyager next week. Okay. Um, all right. We should probably wrap this up and let our viewers go. Uh, they know how to reach us. We hope to hear from you uh, on any of these topics. And uh, yes, if I've missed any a... matchmaking, matchmaking successes. Yes. And, and if I've missed any season four Voyager episodes that you absolutely love that I should watch, uh, I will probably jump back to Mortal Coil and then jump ahead to the Omega Directive and then probably pick and pick and choose a... Uh, you. Oh, there's Living Witness coming up, and then the others. I don't know. Oh, Living Witness is really good. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Another Doctor more. Re- yeah, I think I've seen that more recently than um, than anything else. But anyway, thanks for joining us on this episode of a Deep Space Pride. All right, bye everyone. <laughs> bye everyone. Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!